Um, so Lord God, we just pray for Pastor Charles as he comes this morning. Lord God, we pray that you give him zeal, Lord God, that you anoint his words, Lord God, and you bring his words uh, to our heart. In your name we pray. Amen. Love you, man. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Can we give, can we give the uh, worship team just some honour? Give them a hand for all they do. I love Andy, good friend of mine. He was able to, uh, by the grace of God, one of my favourite people, were able to meet up when I was on holidays over Christmas. And, you know, I saw this guy in the middle of the ocean wearing gloves and shoes and a wide brim hat. He was in his kayak. And uh, within minutes, I was literally hanging on the end and we were trying to cross an inlet. And um, halfway out there, it's five metres deep. There's a huge current. And I'm thinking to myself, what are you doing? You're going to die here. This guy's wearing gloves in the ocean. Um, but it was, a, it was a great time. Uh, do you guys have a good Christmas? How have you been? It's been a little while since we've been back here. Everyone look up. Give me a smile. Everyone's getting prepared with their Bibles. Praise God. Um, I'm really looking forward to this year. And um, the... the the foundation uh, of this year uh, for me has really been, I've sought God. I feel the weight of this year in particular uh, more than I have previous years. Uh, and I think the reason is because, um, and, and this is open reflection that I want to have together with our, with our community, is that in November 2018, when I became the senior pastor of our church, it did not go to plan the next few years after that. Um, we can all, you know, smile and understand that that uh, the first year, the advice that was given to me was was pretty clear. Charles, don't change too many things, especially this location. You experienced a lot of change quickly, a lot of things moving back and forth. And um, keep it stable, do it for a year. So I did that. And then the very next year, we ran into two years of covid and then that completely turned things upside down and around. And um, I did not, being a people person, did not like that period of time at all. Uh, and then uh, we moved into last year. I felt the Lord say to me uh, at the start of the year, just let people get back in rhythm. Let it reestablish. Let it, let it get going again. And I have to be honest with you, towards the end of the next last year, I became almost irritated in that we have to do something. Things can't stay the same in our church and in our community the way that they have in the previous four years. I, I really felt in my spirit, I'm like, Lord, it can't be just another year where we come and we do what we've always done and we go home. Something needs to shift in the atmosphere spiritually. Something needs to shift in our lives personally. And we need to begin to pursue the will of God and His purpose for our church. So I was on my knees and I, I was on my knees and I'm like, Lord, I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. I'll reposition myself. I'll do whatever it is you want me to do. But please, Lord, don't let it be the same. Now, as I prayed that prayer, always I felt the Lord ask me, okay, well, we're going to return back to what I've called you to do. And I do feel deep within my heart, our call, our mission as a community, hasn't changed. 
And every year when we hear in early February, we have Vision Sunday. For me, I think it's more accurate. I think we need to remember to start calling it Theme Sunday because the vision for our church, it doesn't change. We have a desire as a community to see people restored to God and His purpose. I'm going to talk about that today. We want to see souls one for Jesus. We want to see our church grow by extending the kingdom of God, which is not transfers in from other churches. That happens and God bless that. People need to have new seasons. But it's going to come because there'll be people outside that church, outside these walls that are walking in darkness that need to encounter the love of Jesus and be restored back to a relationship with God through Him. We have to, we have to see people saved. We have to. You know, and I, I pondered and I thought about, okay, well, what am I doing to try and reach people for Jesus? And, and one of the things that I'm primarily doing currently is I've decided I'm coaching Jai's basketball team in second or third year, but I'm starting to get inroads now. You know, after the game yesterday, it's like the parents are lining up for counseling now. They're literally, we've moved our son's schools and now we're regretting it and we don't know how to feel and, and what should we do? He's struggling. I'm thinking they're asking the basketball coach, but they're not. They know that there's something that's in me that's different. So I'm like, I'm, I'm like, this is fantastic. You're all pre-Christians. It's coming. I'm telling you what. I just know that there is because we have to be outside the walls of these places looking for what is the theme, the kingdom agenda. That's the theme, kingdom agenda. In everything we do, and everywhere we go, what's the agenda? What, what is the purpose behind what you're doing when you go to work? Where's the kingdom agenda? Where's the agenda for Jesus? When you're with your family, what's the kingdom agenda? When, when, you, are, when you are meeting with friends, work, whatever it is, whatever sphere that you roll in, where is the kingdom agenda? The second thing we've got to believe that hasn't changed is that we will continue to raise people up. You know, I have a dream pamphlet uh, in my uh, Bible. I wrote it a few years ago. Um, I, I keep it to my, myself, the content of it, because it's, it's something that sits in my heart, but it's massive. It's massive to the point that if God doesn't move, it, it can't happen. And that's good because that means I need faith. You know, if you dream dreams that can be attained within your ability, you can remove God. But when you dream dreams that are so big, God has to be involved or it's impossible, you've got to move in faith. But I wrote this, think multiply, think apprentice, think send, think developing leaders who develop leaders, raising up. We've got to mature in the faith. We've got to grow in the faith. You know, we have to be a community that wants to dive into the world. See, I, I um, you know, and by the grace of God, hear my heart, I, I'm... I, I know who I am. I'm not insecure, but I am not the smartest cookie. Just putting it out there. But I'm passionate about the Bible. I'm passionate about loving people. I'm passionate about understanding His Word. And I'll be diligent in that. We've got to raise people up that love Jesus. And no matter how gifted they are, where they stand, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we have a call to see people saved, to see people discipled and raised up and then released into influence. Now that releasing... Let me be clear, that's the active part of our vision. Because you, be, you can be restored and you can be raised up and do nothing. And I kind of feel a little bit, to be honest, that that's where we've been as a community. We're, we're raised up, but we're inactive. But we've got to get active. I love that I'm getting the most agreement from everybody I've ever seen today. There's just lots of nodding. It's just a constant nod. 
praise the Lord, because that's confirming we're feeling the same way. We've got to get active. We've got to be released into the call of God and the purpose of God and the way that you do that, which we'll share later. It's about being on mission. But everybody, everybody, that is the vision for our church. See people restored to God and His purpose, raised up in their giftings and released into the call of God to be influenced and to be active. But the theme for this year is kingdom agenda. Now, every year I seek God and I say, Father, help me to establish a theme that reminds us of our purpose. So the purpose being restore, raise up, release, kingdom agenda. The re- this is when the Lord spoke to me. I was standing next to, next to Marcus and we were on Hope Tour. And I was watching one of the programs and I wasn't that happy with the content that Hope Tour was bringing. Now the content, Hope Tour is great. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But it was just like one of the songs had slipped through uh, with one of the dance crews that, just to be honest, was a little bit sexy talk for me. I didn't like it that much. And I was like, mm didn't know that song was coming. And I thought, where this is literally the words that, were, 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 that came into my heart. Where's the kingdom agenda with that song? And I thought, wow, okay, so with my ministry, I'm, where's the kingdom agenda with Hope Tour? Where's the kingdom agenda with our church? But where is the kingdom agenda with our life and our purpose when we're called? God calls us to be in community to strengthen and encourage one another to go out with an agenda. The agenda. See, the king of God. God, the kingdom of God come and his will be done. Kingdom agenda. It's going to be reminding ourselves this year. So as I began to ponder, I, I spent a lot of time in uh, a portion of scripture researching this that I didn't end up using. <laughs> it was funny. I thought it was great, but nothing was really moving. I was going to talk about Paul as a tent maker, but I was a tent maker with an agenda. I wanted to preach in a tent. I love camping. Would have been awesome. It's been done, but I wanted to do it my way. And, um, and uh, I sought God. And I was trying to be faithful because we have to remember in life as well that there can be processes that we think are excellent and then there's God's processes, which often stretch, which often uh, make you walk in a purpose that's outside of your own skill and ability. So I'm seeking God and literally He began to speak to me last minute. I had to switch the whole thing up. So I started thinking about an agenda. Okay, that's where I started with him. Like, all right, where's an example where there's an agenda at play? And I'm going to look at that, Lord, because I feel you're not telling me to preach Philippians. So where am I going to go? And literally, uh, the Lord began to speak to me out of Matthew chapter 4. Let's go there together. Now, how I ended up landing on this is I was like, Father, lead me to where you want me to be. And speak to me about what you want us to do this year. So we're going to go on a little bit of a journey. Now, you guys know I'm a 25-minute preacher special, but it'll be longer today. But bear with me because I, I uh, am going to lean into one of the principles that this, this campus uh, executes very well. Um, but there are all things we can improve in. There are all things that we can do to continue to grow. Uh, um, but the premise of this you'll understand as I roll on. But this is how I landed in the Scripture. Jesus, uh, and we'll refer to it later, has been baptised. And it's a beautiful moment. Uh, he, and he, he's, uh, the Holy Spirit's descended like a dove. And there's been a voice that's come from heaven. And, and this is my son in whom I'm well pleased is the NIV version. I'm going to read uh, from that today. 
But there is a moment here where it says this, and this is what began to make me ponder and seek out and live in this portion of Scripture over quite a, a period of time. It says this, Then Jesus, this is Matthew 4, was led by the Spirit. That is a lot of heavy rain. Let's just enjoy that out the window for a minute. Please don't look at that. It's moving in sideways. It was so hot yesterday and I didn't bring a jumper. But just remember the days that God has restored when a waterfall used to flow down that wall. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And then we had a friend of Tony's. He put like three screws in and everything stopped. Praise the Lord. And I just rebuke any new leaks today in Jesus' name. So Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. We're talking about agendas. Okay. So it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit, one agenda into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Another agenda. So I thought, isn't that interesting that, that Satan doesn't even know that he was, he was actually commissioned by God to do his work. Because the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy. Now, when you look at that word tempted, in our, in our, kind of, in our uh, Western uh, context, that can, that can have a negative um, uh, implication. Uh, but you can also look at this word in the original as tested. He was led there to be tested, tempted. It's the same, but tested seems to ring as less negative in our concepts. But Jesus is there to be tested. Two agendas. God's got a plan, but Satan is involved and he's got a plan too. So there is an agenda at war going on in this scenario where the enemy is trying to destroy the plan and the work of God for the salvation of mankind. And God is establishing what He's about to do through His Son, Jesus Christ. So Matthew 4, we're going to read verses 1 to 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, He was hungry. I amen that point at this moment in the fast. The tempter came to Him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand at the highest point of the temple. If you're the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Then Jesus also answered him, It is also written, Do not put your Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I'll give you, he said, if you'll bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Matthew 4 paints uh, a picture very clearly, uh, as you begin to investigate and, and lie and, and spend time in this scripture, of actually uh, the Israelites in the wilderness. And, and what's happening is 40 days and there's 40 years and there's multiple tests uh, that, that they have uh, gone through and failed miserably, the, the Israelites. And, and what's happening is Jesus is being tempted in a similar way. And we know that they're coming together because the answer that Jesus gives Satan every time relates back to somewhere in Deuteronomy between chapters 6 and chapters 8. This is where you see the, the, the learning experiences that the Israels are ha Israelites are having 
and they're failing. And Jesus is now referring to what they should have learnt, what they should have done, and successfully defeats Satan in his attempt to destroy Jesus and the call of God and obviously stop us from attaining salvation and restoration to God. So what I want to do, I want to work our way through Jesus' response. And then I want to work our way through some principles that I believe will help us get active in the call of God as a community. We have to, have to do something this year. So test one, Matthew 3, Matthew chapter 4, verse 3. The tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, go and tell these stones to become bread. Now, Jesus' reply in this moment refers back to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. He says in Deuteronomy 8, 3, he says, He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna. This is obviously what's happening. They're being reminded of that. It says, Which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, the Israelites had complained and they'd had unbelief and they'd had all of these things that were happening and they, they weren't obedient to God's timing and His faithfulness. And they said, you, you know, we need something. They were always complaining. And what the principle was there is that they were saying and being taught that actually there's something more important than food that sustains you. It's not just food that sustains you, but rather that there, there needs to be sustaining power that comes from a relationship with God, from every word that comes from the mouth of God. So what's happening is as, as Satan tries to tempt Jesus into overting the timing of God and asking God to do something, he says, you know what, I might be hungry, but there is something more important that sustains me. It's the word that comes from God. It's the word that comes from the mouth of God for me. There's something greater than just my physical needs. I need the relationship with God. So Satan moves on and we go to the second test, which is Matthew chapter 4, verse 6. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it's written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus replies, it is also written, do not put your Lord God to the test. That refers to Deuteronomy 6, 16, where it says, do not put your Lord God to the test as you did in Massa. So as I read that, I said, what the heck is Massa? Is anybody else thinking that right now? At least I did. Thank you for being honest. Everyone else was like, I kind of know. Well, I didn't. So that then refers back to Exodus 17, verses 2 to 7. The Israelites were testing God, saying, give us water. We need water. And what happens is Moses goes, he strikes the stone, and then water comes out, and then he names the place Massa. Now, what's happening there is that they were testing God in that moment. Because what they were saying when you read Exodus 17, 2 to 7, they were saying, God, if you're really with us, if you're with us, you're going to give us water. So what they were saying is that, God, I need proof. I need evidence 
for you to prove to me that you're with us, that you're God, so you've got to give us water. So Moses, they provide water. He names the place Massa. Now you return back to Deuteronomy 6.16 and they're being reminded, don't test the Lord the way you did back then. So what's the principle that they learned and failed is that God wants to abide in a relationship where faith goes beyond the need to prove itself. You don't need to test God. God, I believe that you heal. And even if you don't, I still trust you. God, I believe that you provide. And right now, I don't know how it's coming. And even if you don't, I will still trust you. Faith that goes beyond the need to test God. So then all of a sudden, the enemy is creating an artificial crisis. Just throw yourself off. Throw yourself off and God will catch you. But Jesus is saying, don't test the Lord your God. What he's saying to Satan is, my faith and trust in my Father goes beyond the need for me to see if he'll catch me. I just know that he trusts me. I trust him. I just know that he's my God. So then Satan goes, well, clearly he knows that you don't need to test God. The Israelites have been reminded. And then we move to the third test in Matthew 4, 9. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. All the kingdoms of the world. In this context, he's referring to political power, kingdoms, finance, influence, This is an interesting moment I always reflect upon because you know what is a scary temptation? A good outcome. Because Jesus' mission was to come and claim the world. But what Satan was doing was he was trying to provide a shortcut. He was saying, I'll give you all this if you bow down and worship me. He was saying, I'll give you the kingdoms without the cross. I'll give you the kingdom without the obedience and the sacrifice that the Father is calling you to. The devil's trying to shortcut the cross. But Christ knew he had a mission. He knew he had a call. He knew that his Father had given him a purpose and clear direction and he would not bow down. You see, what happened is that his reply to it being that, um, fear the Lord your God and serve him only, And take your oath in his name. That's Deuteronomy 6.13. That's where Jesus says in his reply in 4 chapter 9, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You see, what happens is he was being reminded of all the times the Israelites sold out to God and said, We'd prefer political advantage. We'd prefer make alliances we shouldn't. We'll worship what we shouldn't in order to be prosperous. But Jesus is saying, I will not do that. I will worship the Lord, my God, and I am called and on mission to serve Him. So I see three beautiful temptations because they're beautiful, because we see that Christ never takes a backward step in honouring the call and the mission and the purpose that God had put on His life. You know, when I reflect upon Jesus going into the wilderness and fasting, we we clearly understand that that was not the normal rhythm of his life to that moment. It was a shaking of rhythm. 
And I really felt a prophetic word come to me from the Lord is that there are going to be people that you're in an old rhythm and God's going to begin to shake that. He's going to begin to shake it. And until you get in the new rhythm, things won't settle because things cannot stay the same. And we need to pursue today God's will and purpose. So what can we learn from this moment? I felt the Lord give me three principles. Now these principles, they're, they're, they're not deep theologically. They are very, very foundational. But if we do these things well, we will see this community transformed personally in our lives as individuals. But also we're going to see this place grow numerically with more people to love, to see them restored, raised up and released I really feel that God's given me a purpose. Now, normally I call them stepping stones because I like a bit of an order, but this year they're not, I'm, I, I kind of refer to them in my heart as launching pads, Nath, because you can do either one at any point and they're going to continue to help you grow closer. So here are the things that we're going to lean into them. We've got to have a kingdom agenda this year and the kingdom agenda is number one, to understand God and His Word more deeply. Two, to understand your call personally and get active in it. And three, belong to a community that's going to create opportunities for you to take steps of faith and go on mission. So it's His Word, His call, His mission. These are going to be the launch pads at which we go into a new space and new places this year. So to be as effective as possible, in the world today, I really feel we need, as a community, to continue to strive to go deeper into God's Word. As I pondered on, on this Scripture and this moment, Christ had supernatural authority. Christ was fully man, but He's also the Son of God. And yet in this moment, when he was tempted, he did not claim any of the supernatural authority he has, but rather he fought off Satan with the same weapon that we've been given in our life, the Word of God. As a man, he used the sword of the Spirit to fight the battles that were in front of him. And I feel what we need to do in our community, we're going to go to battle. But I don't want to send you out to battle. And as we go out to battle for the kingdom of God and His agenda, and as we run into the battlefield, we go to draw our sword, but we can't find it. So now you're in a battle. You don't have a weapon. I felt the Lord say what we need to do this year as a community is go beyond the superficial understanding and go deeper so that the sword is written in your heart. And when you go to battle and there is a moment when you need the sword, it is available and ready to be used. We need to go deeper into the Word of God. Christ knew the Word. He used the sword of the Spirit as a man to defeat the works of Satan. And we have the same thing available to us today. Jesus showed us in that moment that He can empathize and sympathize with our challenges and our testings, but also that the Word of God is enough to overcome the kingdom agenda. So this year, there's several things that we are going to be working on as a community. And I'm actually going to ask more of us as a community. I'm going to provide opportunity for our community to grow. But it's up to you whether you choose to lock in. 
It's up to you whether you create the priorities to go, I need to go deeper into the Word of God this year. So we're going to be developing and have already begun to develop with the preaching team at our church, Deeper Courses. Now, now these deeper courses, um, there's multiple that uh, we've chosen uh, and they are going to have pre-reading. Then they're going to have a three-week course and then there's going to have post-reading and they're not foundational. They're actually to go deeper. We're going to be looking at meta-narrative. We're going to be looking at the Trinity. We're going to be looking at uh, what is true discipleship. We're going to be looking at church. We're going to be looking at the authority of Christ. We're going to be looking at things in a way that we go deeper because I want the sword of the Spirit more available and more understood in our lives. The reason why I believe this is an important launch pad is that I want us to be, obviously with the armour of God, but with the weapon available as we step out in faith. There is clearly something waiting to happen in this community because we've been here for years. There's been a history here and I refuse to let go of what God has planned and purposed for this place. But you know what? I'm going out and I'm going out in the strength and the faith that I've got the sword of the Spirit with me. So I think it's important this year that we strive to grow deeper in the Word. I read some alarming statistics about Christians in the Western world and their application of Bible reading. And I don't think I'm going to share the statistics because they're not uplifting. But we need to be more in love with the Word. Actually, I'll give you one. I'll give you two because I think this room can handle it. 29% of people that go to church don't read their Bible at all outside of church. 29%. 5% read it more than four times a week. So we wonder why there's weakness and apathy in the Western church, but yet the Western church are not reading their Bibles. They don't have the authority of Scripture being the foundation of the way that they live their life, the way that they project themselves, the way that they make decisions for their businesses. If you're not reading your Bible, there is an instant challenge in your faith because your faith is based on concepts rather than relationship. We seek God through His Word. We seek relationship with God through His Word. It's a foundational principle. You want God to speak? He has. It's written down. We need to be going deeper in His Word, deeper understanding. This year, one of the kingdom agendas that we have is to prepare ourselves for more through deeper understanding of God and His Word. Now, the wind being said that I prefaced before is quite good teaching and, and, and deep, mature Christians at this church, but there are others that are coming that will need to be established in the Word, and we can play a role in that. The second thing I see is Jesus here. It was his call that held him. It was his relationship that held him. I love Matthew 3.17 in the New Living Translation. It says, A voice came from heaven and said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. But Jesus understood his call. We know that John 3, 16 and 17 is constantly uh, used in Scripture because it sets up the call and the mission of Christ. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, 
that anyone who believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. God sent Him into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. It's going to pause for a minute and say that Simon had the biggest smile on his face the moment he got to hold a baby. Everyone just look how cute that is. The room's little enough for me to pay attention to these things. And the biggest, biggest smile on Simon's face ever. You're a great man, Simon. John chapter 6, 38. Christ is being tempted by Satan in this moment. And you know the What's sitting in his heart is, I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Jesus knew who he was. He knew what he had been called to. And therefore, with that agenda, it held him. It held him in line with what he needed to do. I like Paul. He's an inspirational evangelist. He's an apostle. But he was so sold out for the call of God. I love Philippians 1.21. He says this, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. He was so sold out to the call of God on his life. He's like, anything I do, you know what the agenda is? Yeah, I'm wearing a matching T-shirt. Does everyone like that? Good on, I got that one done. You're getting fired up as well, little fox. For me to live is Christ. Everything that I do, the only agenda I have, if I'm breathing and living, it's Christ. And if I die, even better, because then I'm with Him. What's our kingdom agenda? It should be for me to live is Christ. So that means no matter where I go, No matter what I'm doing, I know the call. I know what God's called me to do. It's to live for Him and be obedient in the call of God that He has placed on my life. But the challenge that we face is that there are some people who might not necessarily know what that call of God is. Because I've realized as I pondered that I don't think like other pastors uh, that are necessarily in my cohort where guess what? The vision of this church is restore, raise up, release. But do you know that if you do something way outside the boundaries of of this church in business or in life, but it's honouring God and you're seeing people restore, raise up, released, you're still fulfilling the mission of this church. It's not about this room or this building. It's about the call of God that's on your life. And that we link together as a community with the purpose of seeing people saved, discipled and sent. So you could be a carpenter or an IT professional or anything. You could be working in not-for-profits. You could be working in health. But if your mission is, my kingdom agenda is that while I'm there, I'm looking for opportunities to see the kingdom of God advance. You're fulfilling the mission of Unique Hill Church. But you've got to know what your call is. You actually have to know. And often, believe it or not, your call can be linked to passions. You know what? I'm 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 actually passionate about food. This is just I'm passionate about food. I'm but this is an illustration, not me. I'm not going to be a chef. But what I'm saying is there may be people that go, you know what, I'm passionate about food. So I'm gonna start cooking. 
But you know what? I feel the Lord is saying that I'm going to use my cooking somehow to encourage people and strengthen people and tell them about Christ in order that they can be saved, discipled and sent. That is fulfilling the mission. So I felt deep in my spirit that, that a lot of people wait around in society going, all right, well, what's the church going to do? What's the church doing? The church is the body of believers that come together with Christ as the head. So what has he called you to do to execute the mission we've been given together to go and see people saved and discipled and sent? So we've actually, as a uh, community, engaged a company called Genesis Solution. It's a Christian guy within the church. And uh, he actually has a, a large consulting company. And, and by the grace of God uh, and his love for our community, he's leaning in. And we already have, I'm going to call it a subcommittee, but it's a group of people. Fox wants to be on the subcommittee. So um, you'll take over the room, mate. You're Italian, so you'll have to wait a few years. But um, what we're doing is we are working on as a community to create an environment where you can seek out the call of God for your life. For the call of God for your life. Some are called to ministry. Some are called to business. Some are called to be great mums and great dads. Some are called to be great employees. But find out the call of God for your purpose and add kingdom agenda. Because if we all do that as individuals, guess what's going to happen to this place? It will explode. Because we're on mission. Christ understood and knew the call of God on his life. And what that did is it set the course for his action. I feel God calling me to business. I'm passionate about it. I love it. So where's the kingdom agenda? In business, see and ask God to use you to see people restored, raised up, released. I love ministering to young people. I'm passionate about it. I love it. Where's the kingdom agenda in your chaplaincy, in your counselling, in your youth ministry? Ask God to use you to see people restored, raised up, released. I'm not sure what I want to do, but I like sport. We'll go on the journey of finding out why God has given you a passion for it to see people restored, raised up, released. Things have to look different in our community. They have to. So how am I going to do it? How are we going to do it together? You know, I met with a, uh, a person uh, a few weeks ago and I started talking to him. Oh, it, was actually, it was actually a few months ago. And one of the challenges this year is I'm trying to be more accurate with my storytelling because come on, guys. <laughs> it's hard. But as I was with him, I was talking about, hey, I really feel God's word. I really feel God's call and I really feel mission. And he goes, foundation, application and vocation. God's mission is so important. So why do I differentiate between call and mission? Because you can be called to do something and not be on mission with it. Say you're an architect. And you feel the Lord saying to you, hey, you're going to go to Vanuatu. There's a school in Black Sands that we love. And I want you to go and design how they are going to actually build the school properly. You're called. You accept the call. But until you are on mission doing it, it's just the call. 
You've got the call of God, and then the mission is the active part of the call. You can be called and not be on mission. We need to understand our call, and now we need to be a community that creates opportunities for you to go on mission. So what does that look like? So with Jesus, there was a great danger in that temptation, as I said before, because it was an easier outcome. But he didn't because he knew there was a mission to be completed. Now, we know what Christ's mission was. What was his mission? It was to save the world, not to condemn the world, but to see the world saved through him, to be restored back to Christ. But then he gave us a mission in Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When he saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach the new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. I will be with you. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, in, even in the concepts there, I've looked at it, there's restore, raise up, release, restore, raise up. It's all in there many times. Therefore, go. You know, we want to see people restored back to God. Then it says teach them. We want to see them raised up. And then the release is the go once again. So I'm like, Father, what are we going to do as a community? Andy, you can join me if you want, man. I reckon it was a bit loud before. Keep it real, real quiet. I had a moment at the end of last year where I was dry and frustrated. And do you know what God I felt do? He, I felt that he gave me a glimpse of the future for our church. And a little bit of my personality, God knew that I would end up doing what I did for the purpose of talking to me. Let me explain to you how it happened. Get to the end of last year. Just so you're aware, last, last four months last year, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated at the point I'm looking at jobs in Geelong. I'm like, maybe I'll go home. Because I can't be the same anymore. We're not active. We're not moving. I've got to be reaching. I've got to be doing something. So the four years, you've got to understand the vision and the hope and the dreams. The four years have been a struggle. And you know, I speak boldly into this community knowing it's been four years and you know I love you. Your journey of that frustration has been longer than four years. But not anymore. So what happened is I thought we've got to do something something. So let's just have a barbecue at a park and it's BYO chair. It's BYO everything. And the purpose of it is simply let's have our community. Let's bless one another. But you know the way I'm wired, hey, it's Christmas time. People are busy. Maybe 200 people will come. That'll be great. Then all of a sudden I'm like, you know what would be better? Let's put a little bit of something on for them to eat. So maybe we'll order in some pizzas. And while we're in the park, we'll hand out some pizza because we want to bless one another. This is, this is my mindset. Then a few days later, I'm like, we live in Melbourne. We're going to go to a park and it's going to rain. And what are we going to do if it rains and we're in a park? I thought, you know what we should do? We should make it pizza in the car park. Let's move it to the back of church because then if it rains, we can move inside. And then I thought, well, you know what? If we're going to do it at the back of church, let's put a little bit more on for the kids. 
let's get some pony rides. Let's get some chickens. I don't know why I was obsessed with chickens at the end of last year. I saw kids chasing chickens. I thought it would be hilarious. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? If we're at the church, why don't we make the pizza? So then the glory of God, this guy nearly cut his thumb off trying to make it happen. But all of a sudden, we're now making pizzas. Then out of nowhere, I have a little quiet word to Nath. Hey, Nath, why don't we, uh, you know, listen, we want to bless one another, but we should bless community. Why don't we invite some people from community? So Nathan does a Facebook ad. Now, this is what happened. At at 200 registrations, I thought, wow, praise the Lord. That's a lot of pizza. We've got two ovens. This is what I'm thinking. And then at 250, I thought, ooh, we've only got two ovens. Then all of a sudden, we're at 300 registrations. And I thought, you know what? We better add something. I know how to make these little cheeseburger sliders. They're real good. I'll make the cheeseburger sliders and we'll do them with potato gems. At 400 registrations, it turns out there's a potato shortage in Australia. Did you guys know that? We're stealing potato gems and mini brioche slider buns from every Aldi, every Coles, every Woolworths, every IGA we can get near. We bought like 40 kilos of potato gems. At 500 registrations, I said to Geordie, we better take it off the internet. Now, because of that targeted ad, we had nearly 100 people come from the community for a free event that was not a personal invitation. They were coming because the church opened its doors and its hands out to the community and said, come in. So there was this moment where I'm sitting at the barbecue. If you didn't see me on the night, I promise I was there. Everyone's like, where were you? I was making the cheeseburgers. And I had this moment where I got... A brother in Christ, Paul, on one side, and, and I really love him because that week we did a food handling course because I hadn't done one for years. Now I'm freaking out about the way I cook everything. And he's there and he's testing the meat. And then I've got a guy on the other side in the uncooked section and he's doing something. And I've got, I got some, some young ladies from the church in the front. And let me be honest with you. We can do a lot better as far as that was our first one. Those lines were massive and really long. And I was like, man, that's not great. So we can do that better. But what I did see was this. When I looked up, I look across to my left. I see the pizza being thrown in the air. I look over to my right and I see our crew singing beautifully to the community with the music. I look over, then there's kids playing with basketballs. I look over to the other side and there's mini golf and and there's kids activities going on. And I look up and I see this young guy running out of the kitchen with potato gems. And we're like, come on, move the potato gems. The line's massive. And all of a sudden, I began to get this joy in my spirit because you know what it is? It was the church on mission. What had happened is we had people there that had never been invited to church and now they can never come to this place if they don't know we exist. It had created an opportunity for them to actually go, Uni Hill exists. I had one guy that so happens to run into John Graham. His fridge is broken. He's all emotional. John goes, we've got a fridge at the Hope Centre. You can have it. They strapped it to his ute while we were cooking cheeseburgers. There was a mum that came up to me afterwards. She had sought out who's the person running this thing. And I said, well, that's the guy that's the pastor. He doesn't really run anything, but go and talk to him is really what that was. 
she comes up to me and she says, you know what? I didn't know what to do with my kids. We got no money. I wanted to do something to celebrate with them. We don't have family around. So when we saw that it was free, I brought my kids. I've got three kids. They've had pony rides. They've had cheeseburgers. They've had an ice cream. They've had a slice of pizza. They were lining up for everything. They were hilarious. They're like the best case scenario. If I want everything that's on offer, that's me. But she was like, I can't believe that it was this good and you did it for free. Mission. Do you know what mission is? Creating opportunities for us to have our arms wide open to community. So we're going to do some stuff here. Where we're going to take steps of faith. We're going to step out of our comfort zone and we're going to say to the community out there, our arms are open wide to you. This is who we are. This is where we are. We are going to be a light on a hill. But I'm going to have to ask more of you because we're a, we're a, uh, a small bunch. So we're all going to have to buy in. But when we reach out, we reach out together in faith and in unity. And where there's unity, God will command a blessing. So we're together, arm in arm, with the sword of the Spirit, knowing we're called, we're going to go on mission. We're going on mission. We're going to open our arms open. You know what else I really feel? And Nathan will be passionate about this one. And I shared it last week without discussing with him or Pastor Greg. I want everybody at some point in our community to go on a cross-cultural mission trip. We need to go on mission. No more just reading the Word and doing nothing to spread the Gospel. No more knowing you're called, but not being on mission. We will create opportunities to see people loved and encounter the love of Jesus because know this, that the sin is the greatest enemy of mankind and they are living in darkness. They are going to a lost eternity and without repentance and the name of Jesus, they're not heading in a great place. But how much more should it be that we know Jesus, we reflect upon His work for us and His call to us is to go and spread that gospel the least we can do is open up our arms to community. So we might not have a lot of money, but we're going to spend it on reaching people. And we're going to see souls one. We're going to know more about the Word of God. And we're going on mission. So if you want to be a part of that today, can I ask that you would stand? Perfect volume. You should have seen him with those gloves on. He had a watch on the gloves as well. It's my favourite moment of the holiday. (laughs) Unihill Church this year will strive to have a kingdom agenda in all that we do. To see the kingdom of God advanced, God's agenda will be our agenda. Growing in the Word foundation. Jesus knew the Word of God. Each person in our community would grow deeper in their understanding of Holy Scripture, its doctrine and application to life. That we would understand as a community that it is a weapon. The weapon we are given to fight the battles, we fight and win so that we can see the Kingdom of God advanced. Deeper, those that feel they have a shallow understanding will experience supernatural growth. 
that there would be a stretching of spiritual appetite for more of God's Word as we gather, understanding your call application. Jesus knew who He was and what He was called to do. I want to see each person serving God in all that they do. Whether that is here at church, in the workplace, the university or in the home, not just existing day by day, but because of the call of God that you have grown in your understanding of, that you that is what God has called you to do and where God has called you to be, that you would feel a new excitement and passion about serving Him because you are walking in His call that He specifically created just for you, your kingdom agenda. Going on mission, vocation. Jesus understood His mission and He walked it out. That the Holy Spirit would move in our meetings and empower us. That we would leave this place on mission. Christ's mission was to save the world. Ours is to spread the message of that to the world that we are saved through Him, the Gospel. Let us continue to reach out with a kingdom agenda, an agenda to love, an agenda to serve, an agenda to grow, an agenda to see Christ glorified in all that we do. Where is the kingdom agenda? At Unihill Church, it will be seen in all that we do. His Word, His call, His mission. Could you raise your hands across this place if you're comfortable to do so? Father, I pray today that we will not just talk about it, but we would be about it. Holy Spirit, would you bring faith in joy and peace and conviction where it is we need to look outward. Father, bring conviction if we need to grow deeper in your Word. Bring conviction if we need to be outward more thinking. Be, bring conviction, Father, if we are not active on mission with what you've called us to do. Father, I pray that as we are in unity today, that we would buy in together. Father, as we ask more of our church and our people this year, help us all to understand clearly why your call and your mission. Help us to endure when we're tired because of your call. Help us to endure when we put something on and it may not have the results that we wanted. Father, I'm not interested in results. That's ordained by You. Help us to be obedient, to open our arms wide and step out in faith. Give us salvations. Give us people that are responding to the Gospel and seeking out relationship with Jesus this year. Help us to disciple them. Help us to see them to be baptised. We pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Hey, I want to encourage you. This year is going to be a great year. Um, Pastor Sam Monk is an incredible guy. Uh, he is a multiplier uh, and he's a stretcher. So you know Hope Tour? He is the senior pastor of the church that that was birthed out of. He has 44 campuses and is the most humble, run-of-the-mill person you've ever met in your life. But when He speaks the Word of God, do you know what it does? 
and why I've asked Him to come. It stirs faith to the point that you really believe it's going to happen. Do you know how Hope Tour started? I'm like, oh God, I don't know. He goes, you can do it. And I literally, because of the faith He carries, I was like, I can. Let's go. So I really want to encourage you, please come to conference where you can. I know that there is busy lives and things on, but if you can get to even one session, do so. If you can get to the whole weekend, do so. If you can't afford it, we'll pay for you. That's no problem. There should be no reason other than availability that would stop you. Please come. I want to see God move. The purpose of it is to be further inspired as we set the course to go on mission together. God is good, isn't He? If there's anybody in this room, I know every face today uh, pretty well, and you're not sure whether or not uh, you have a relationship with Jesus uh, and you want to have a conversation about that, please come and talk to me after the service. Otherwise, God bless you. I love you all. Uh, Thank you for uh, nodding in agreement. I feel there's such unity in the room. Uh, Now let's go and see souls one. Amen. Amen. God bless.